This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Welcome to I Don't Need an Acting Class with Milton Justice. I was working with Rashad yesterday, and here's something that happened on the piece that we're working on. I realized it, and it has to do with ideas. And we haven't talked about ideas in a while, and I thought it was a good thing to bring up. The idea that Rashad was having to deal with was the closing of a factory. And someone who was saying, and in the improvisation he was doing as he was talking it out, had to do with, I could lose everything. And what hit me about it is, if we want to do these huge plays, if we want to do this big work, we've got to slow down and really understand what we mean when we say something. And something that feels like I could lose everything For Rashad, who's what, 21, 22? I mean, it's like the concept of losing everything is not something that he would know about. So it doesn't mean he can't play it. It means he has to figure out what does that mean? What does it mean for someone to lose everything? And that's when you really have to understand that you can go shopping. I do believe in the hands of the right actor, we we can play anything. But we can never throw anything away. We can never just say, oh, yes, uh, this is a character who could lose everything without really settling in and saying, so what does that mean? And I think maybe that's one of the things that we always have to keep doing is saying, so what does that mean? Uh, Everybody in this group is in script analysis. And obviously the work we're doing in script analysis is trying to look at a play and the one we're working on at the moment, Loose Ends and Just the idea, the reason we haven't gotten to the text particularly, is just trying to figure out what does it mean to be a woman who is making a choice about her future. And none of these are issues that we really think about. And I think the difference is, as actors, we must. I think as actors, we have to eventually save the world because other things aren't. Our understanding of material and our understanding of life should be what what affects people. Yes, Kara Hope. 
Would you say that along with that, we're like losing a sense of empathy? Like along with the things we're like, as a society, just losing empathy for one another? I, I, get, I mean, don't, don't you find yourself just kind of like beaten to death so that you suddenly get, it's like you cut off. Because what I've noticed even like in the generation of actors and like mine, it's like, it's for emotion, that's it. That's, there's literally no depth. There's no dynamic. It's like people are just turning off emotions and then just perceiving to play these things. And it's just like, I think we're just losing empathy for like anything and everything. Yeah, I, I think so. Yeah, Daniel. I saw a movie recently called Vengeance, which was written by, starring and, and directed by B.J. Novak. And the, the theme was about how everything in our society has lost meaning because everybody applies their own meaning to everything. And so you think that you've reached this moment of, of truth that's going to happen, and then it's undermined by the idea that, well, you'll say this is the truth and this is what happened, but then somebody's going to have a, a take on that, and then someone will have a take on that, and someone will have an interpretation of that. And I do think it, it's our ability to say something and believe it is undermined by second-guessing because something might seem to mean something and then we live in this culture of saying well actually what that means is this and what well, well, it doesn't mean that quite because what you're meaning is not grounded in in the reality that i live in and because we don't have any kind of shared form of of truth it's led to like a degradation of things meaning things and i think that's reflected in theater yeah i, I and certainly in acting yeah you know certainly in acting i i think I add, add to that, and this is way too controversial, but I think one of the <laughs> one of the reasons acting has gotten so boring is because the music is so boring. Uh, I mean, <laughs> lyrics are boring, melodies are boring. People are, you know, are are moving into this kind of like state of. I don't know what is that that just the state of no dynamics it's like repetition goes in the machine and just gets spit out the same exact thing yeah i mean now that we can write music on garage band and and so you you say oh put in a rhythm i mean nobody had a rhythm i mean god forbid i think daniel is our only musical theater dude and the musical that I coached him on, I mean, he made the music work. And I also can't get it out of my head. But it was like, this is not great music. This is, you know, the song I can't get out of my head. By the way, have we done this? That song sounds like promises, promises, I'm all through with promises. You know, it's like an old Burt Backrack song. It's like nothing sounds new. There was a pre-Broadway tryout that opened in Chicago of a musical of The Devil Wears Prada. And so the review in the New York Times, which was very tepid, it was like all the dancers were standing and pointing up. And I thought to myself, my God, there's no choreography either. I mean, you know you're in trouble when that's the picture they put in the New York Times. We have all kind of accepted universally 
this kind of mediocreness. And I think a lot of it is because we've cut off. We've cut off emotionally. In musical theater, I feel uniquely qualified to comment on it, having just done a new show that I think is going to be in Broadway eventually. But there, there seems to be this like divide where, where people who love theater and critics at the New York Times like new and exciting and different things. And yet audiences for musical theater are kind of homogenous and they like the musical theater sound and they like a musical theater story. And so things that might, I'm speaking from personal experience, at the beginning of a rehearsal process seem unique and different and exciting, slowly get like shoved into a funnel to become the same as everything else. Because if it's, especially if, uh, the one I did was intellectual property, it was Robin Hood, the Robin Hood story. And so the more like homogenized it could become, the easier it would be for a tourist who was in New York to go, I want to see something that my kids will like. Oh, Robin Hood story. And they'll Google is it kid friendly and then they'll go see it. And it's, it's commercial. And I'm not even inherently anti-commercial. People have to make money, but it, it cheapens theater, and I think it cheapens particularly musical theater, because that's the most attractive to tourists. Yeah, and I, it's, it's interesting. Stella said, we used to call those boulevard dramas. And it was because, you know, there were this, these wonderful plays with Ethel Barrymore, and nobody knew what she was talking about, but it was so wonderful watching her talk about them that you just fell in love with it. And then one day, there were plays that meant something. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I don't know. I, I just think we have a huge journey ahead of us, but I also think we need to be able to lift material, to make it something. And the way that we make it something is that we understand an idea and we understand what that idea is and that it's a big idea. I think we've forgotten what ideas are. I mean, Rashad was absolutely shocked when I said to him, because it was very good. I mean, he did the whole improvisation. He paraphrased the whole monologue and it showed absolute understanding of the material but it did not show an understanding of what that idea was. At any rate, somewhere in the back of our mind, it will be very good for us to periodically say, so what is this about? And try to figure out what it's about, what it means. I have a feeling I could type on a piece of paper, which means, which means, I mean, it's almost like I can keep saying to myself, which means what? Because we forget that. If I ask you what the plot is and you say, you know, I'm terribly in love with this girl. And if you don't say which means, and that's what we do. That's the reason I call it a grocery list. We recite a plot as if the plot means nothing. 
And so as a result, two things happen. One, it doesn't have any size. It doesn't have any meaning. And the other thing is that we lose the opportunity for kick-ass choices. I mean, if you really say Bobby's in love with Loretta, and that's in the breakdown, and you just take a minute to say, what is that like? What, what does somebody go through to fall in love? We say we fall in love so easily these days. It's like everybody loves somebody. So, I mean, we've lost love. That's one of the Tamara. You know, we don't know what that means anymore. We keep losing these concepts that are so important. Yes, Brady. So, when you say that, Here's the part for us actors that we have to matriculate is they're doing Denzel Washington doing Hamlet. They're doing Andrew Garfield doing Death of a Salesman. They're doing, they're calling you to get a YouTube kid to teach him how to act because they want a updated version of these old stories. So part of what sometimes they're asking of us is, no, 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 no. Do not, no, no, do not make the mistake of, of not understanding the difference between movie stars and actors. Being a movie star is an accident of civilization. There are actors who become stars, but there are no stars that become actors. So in, in other words, I always think to myself, so if, if you want to be a star, I'm the wrong person to study with. I have many, many actors who have become stars, but that's not why they studied with me for sure. So it, it's, it, it's like, uh, you know, to me, that's, uh, yes. No, I mean, to me, that's the joy of it. You know, to me, the joy of it is going into an audition, or I'm not, but you are going into an audition and fucking them up. They have in mind what they're looking for, but you go in and show them what they're looking for. I mean, you know, that's, you know, that's the thing. I mean, I, I, I have to tell you, my joke with JP when he auditioned on... We worked on Wednesday, auditioned on Thursday. He got the part Thursday night and had a costume fitting on Friday. And so my joke with him was, well, clearly they've lost the actor they wanted. And <laughs> so <laughs> Chris Petrovsky's been penned so many times. He said, I know what they're doing. They're trying to get that kid. You know, they're trying to get, to get that kid from the Disney Channel. And if they don't get him, then they'll get me. Then they'll come to me. But it's like, you're fine with that. But listen, I mean, the, the issue is we keep growing. We keep learning. If Rashad's going to get this monologue, his understanding of a man who is going to lose everything he's fought to build will kill you. It's not a very good monologue. It's not a very well-written monologue. But the fact of the matter is, what it's about is huge. And that is what your job is. That is what your job is to bring to the table, that idea. And the joy of it is it will 
allow you to show them. I mean, you know, you walk into an audition and they go, God, I, you know, I mean, it hasn't happened very often to me when people have come into audition that I sat there and went, ooh, wow, uh, damn. You know, who knew? But I think that's what you want to do. I Don't Need an Acting Class is hosted and created by Milton Justice. Senior producer is me, Walker Vreeland. Director of online media is Evan Sollers. And music is by Jeffrey Keezer. The opening piece tomorrow is from his latest album, Playdate, featuring Shedrick Mitchell on organ, Ron Blake on sax, Richie Goods on bass, Ayushi Karnick and Nir Felder on guitar, and Kendrick Scott and Manyungo Jackson on drums. And what you're hearing now is M's Bedtime Blues from the same album. You can find out more about Jeffrey Keezer on his website, jeffreykeezer.com. That's Jeffrey with a G-E-O. Please uh, subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. It really helps us reach more people, makes a huge difference. Um, you can also follow us on Instagram at I Don't Need an Acting Class. And please continue to send your acting questions, comments, reflections to Milton at questionsformilton at gmail.com. Again, that's questionsformilton at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you back here next week. 